0: Zombies love video games. All this and more coming up on today's show.
1: High resolution color graphics. This land of high technology.
2: The revolution in technology that made the information age possible. Those kids are not afraid of computers.
0: How many brain cells does it take to play a game?
1: Chasing the halo high.
0: And tiny little Pentiums. All this and more on this week in retro. Up to date news for out of date tech. Hello, chaps. Another week, Show 95. And I've got to point out because looking at myself on camera, I feel slightly uncomfortable. I think it's the first ever time I've appeared on camera in a hoodie. I've gone all casual, and there's a good youth. reason for it. <laughs> uh, sorry, Dave. You're a ute. Oh, do you know what? I, I, heard, I heard you say you're on mute because you say that to me so many times to wind me up. I just thought you said you're on mute. <laughs> um, no, there's something special about this hoodie. Um, for those of you who, can, who can't see it, who are just on audio, it looks like a normal gray hoodie. But actually, this is how I'm going to we- beat the, the, the winter energy fuel crisis price rises, all of that. It's USB rechargeable heated hoodie.
2: Yeah, you're all jealous nice. now, aren't you? Nice. <laughs> I, I, I think it's one. a good idea. I, I I work from home, and I find if I'm working from home, I need the thermostat turned up more mm-hmm. than I would do if I was just kicking about the house. If I was working in the office and then coming home, I wouldn't need it as high. So I, I'm wondering, should I be doing something like that when I'm working to try and mm. beat off the, the cold? I yeah,
1: just burn things if I'm cold. That's how you just I just burn things. I just burn this.
0: Not even joking. <laughs> so well, between <laughs> b- between my heated hoodie and my heated blanket, I mean, the heated blankets are pretty retro, aren't they? Um, mm. You know, I, I think I'm doing my bit to try and save pennies. Anyway, let's let's talk about what we should be talking about on the show. Hang on, um, hang on, hang on. on.
2: What are you wearing under the hoodie?
0: Are you smartly dressed under it? I'm wearing my. RMC branded Ooh, polo shirts there that's I okay. I'll lay off. I'll lay off. I'll lay off. <laughs> nice let you off it's got a collar dave that's the important thing acceptable so um but yeah other, other than my hoodie big hoodie news um i've had a great week last week we had an incredible day at the cave at the weekend um packed house in the afternoon pretty busy in the morning and uh, a large number of youngsters more so than we've ever had on a day i think which was really interesting because the youngsters are, are so much more interested in retro than I thought they would be. They are properly interested in trying all the systems, um, playing all the games, asking me questions about things. Always, always so far, touch word. always so polite as well about um, just respecting other people in the space. And they really do treat it like a museum. Um, so that was really nice to see. And... Um, we got some good feedback as well,
2: which I think yeah, I shared that. with you, Dave. Um, yeah, I, I saw that. that uh, I, I'm not often touched by things, but I really was touched by that. Yeah. Um, someone has um, written to, written to Neil, sent Neil an email, which is the, the, the current equivalent of writing, sent <laughs> Neil an email, which he, he had no no reason to do. You also wouldn't find it too easy to do. I You'd have to find out what the email address was to do it, and it, it just to explain how much his kids enjoyed it. And it, it was really touching. It, 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 it wasn't just a platitude. It wasn't just, well, oh, thanks, it was nice here. That was really, really someone's day was made by that. So I, I'm yeah. really touched by uh, the fact you're, you're making people's lives uh, happy.
0: Yeah, made my day too. And, you know, these days start at 5, 5.30 in the morning for me to, to make sure it all happens. Um, and it's a, it's a long old day. So get, getting messages like that really does um, make it all worthwhile. Anyway, enough about me. Chris, how's your week been?
1: Yeah, not bad. I mentioned it in brief, but uh, one of my recent pickups is... I'll move over to the side. I don't want to move it because... <laughs> The power supply does have a slight issue. If you, if you <laughs> knock, like if I use the keyboard on the table, it'll probably be rebooting just because I hit the return key too hard or something, so a bit of troubleshooting to do. But it's a nice 386DX um, with 4 meg of RAM, purposely built by a friend of mine called Stuart, uh, who uh, has his own channel, Replay PCs. Um, for Basically what I asked him for was a computer that closely resembled my first PC. I'm not going to go chasing the exact model because it's hard to get hold of and lots of proprietary connectors because it was an Amstrad. Um, sure. But this is the, the next best thing. So what I'm planning to do with it is basically use it to um, do a comparison between what I ended up with, which was a machine similar to that, and an Amiga 1200, which I didn't have back in the day, to sort of investigate what if I hadn't jumped, what if I'd stayed with the Amiga, You know, would I have been happy with that? So.
0: I'll be really interested to see that because I had to make the same decision at one point. Mm. Um, However, you just kind of teased us with the edge of the system. Uh, For those who were watching on video, I didn't get to see it. Oh, there it is. Okay. So it's a desktop unit. You've got a flat screen on there at the moment. I do Um, have a flat screen. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Happy with Uh, it? I mean, you must have to sit cross-legged on the floor to use that over there. That's sort of temporary at the moment
1: while I'm thinking about with it. Uh, it, There's another space in another room that it'll end up in. But for Ah, for playing with it uh, and probably for if I do a video about it, which I will do, um, about the comparison, I'll probably do it from there because I've got everything else here. Um, and as part of that, I've had to, ever since I've had the A1200, it hasn't actually had that clear an image coming out of the RGB port. Um, so I've recently fixed that just by getting a, a better quality cable um, oh, yeah. from, where was it, Retro Computer Shack, one of his ones, I think. Yeah. And Ian's I've now pretty, got a crystal, yeah, Ian, yeah. yeah, that's right, Ian. Neil got a now got a crystal clear image out of the A1200. So now that I've, I've got them both looking as good as they can do, albeit on a modern screen, um, yeah, happy to get stuck in and do that comparison. That'd be good fun. What have you been up to, Dave?
2: I have been fixing the Technic stack that I got. (laughs) Turns out the CD player, (laughs) yeah, the CD player and the tape player have been uh, kicked about in transit. They actually physically looked fine. They looked as if, oh, this has been well looked after, but neither worked. So I had to strip the CD player down, found out a spring had fired off and uh, gone missing. Bought a pack of springs on Amazon, replaced it. Works perfectly. And the tape player just didn't work at all. It turned out as a dry solder joint in the AC part of it. Um, One of the the amplifiers there um, was stopping the signal getting amplified. So fixed all that. It's all working beautifully. But something else has happened for me, and it's it's really quite closely linked to what you're talking about with your PC. your PC is great, by the way. I really love the coloured accent that matches your other PC. That's, that's, a, that's a wonderful How coincidence. Good is that? Yeah. 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 The, these things matter to us now. Back in the day, we wouldn't have given us stuff, but they matter oh, yeah. now. Um, you've got a dry joint, you've got a dry solar joint in it by, by the sounds of things. That's, that's what's what causing that's the, the what tapping does. reset. So yeah. you find where it is. Um, but I got, um, I've got, i got a similar kind of PC. Yours is the kind of pizza box one. The pizza box yeah. style, where it's it's a slim desktop, and that's important that's right. for me because my my monitor sits on top of my three eight six, and I needed it to be slim. So, Glenn, who runs a channel, a casual retro gamer, sold me a three eight six, and all of Etty at mates rates. It's a lovely looking thing. It's darker beige than normal with a brown accent on it, so it looks nice. really nice. Um, and it's got room for a five and a quarter inch drive and a three and a half inch drive. So when I got it from him, I swapped out. The five and a quarter inch drive, uh, which had a CD in it, and I put a colour matched one in there. I'll get Duncan to put a picture up. Uh, Everything's great with it, apart from one problem the three and a half inch drive didn't work. And it's really difficult to replace the three inch drives in those because they're slimline drives and not normal size drives. But someone watched Glenn's three year old video sent him an email and says well i've got one of those spare (laughs) so glenn put him in touch with me so i really do have to thank gary mckee for sending me this which i'm holding up the camera now it's a normal floppy drive with a brown front but it's slim so i'm gonna i'm gonna put that inside there i'm waiting on a, a sound card replacement so we'll get the orpheus sound card i've got a couple of chips to upgrade the the video memory Mm-hmm.
0: it's very slim um uh, just correct me if i'm wrong but i always associate olivetti with radio rentals was it radio rentals where you could rent an olivetti for 2 I could three
2: be. years? I, yeah. I know that i think they're an Itali- i'm almost certain they're an italian firm um but I, pretty I sure that... it
0: was their brand of choice you you know you yeah. went up to Dixon's and you could see uh, your
2: Packard Bells but down at Radio Rentals you would have your Olivetti's <laughs> well I, I like the look of the, the Olivetti's great I, I love it it's perfect for me perfect for the so many DOS games that are good so I've got the, the memory to upgrade I've got a little bit of fixing with the, the power controls I've got this floppy drive to swap over and I've got the Orpheus to put in and then it will be literally perfect for me
1: if um, it's so Italian again, thank you
2: very much Gary Mm-hmm.
1: If, it, if it's Italian, is it as is it like an Alfa Romeo? Is it as good as a computer can be? <laughs> Briefly,
0: everyone should own an Olivetti one.
2: Yeah, so that's been my
0: week. <laughs> Excellent. Well, we've got some great stories this week contributed by the listeners to our subreddit on reddit.com forward slash r forward slash this week in retro, which is where you need to go if you want to uh, take part, leave comments, um, take part in the conversation over there, and leave links to stories that you might like us to discuss, as well as take part in the question of the week. And on that note, let's go into our first story. How many brain cells does it take to play a game? Chris? No. <laughs> this is the kind of headline (laughs) listen hoodie boy (laughs) (laughs) sorry couldn't help myself this is the kind of headline that non-gaming news outlets absolutely love and sure enough it was everywhere this week from bbc to cnn the haggis herald the wombat weekly it was everywhere and the headline was (laughs) brain cells in a dish play video game pong Scientists have connected neurons from human and mouse brains. Now, I don't know if they've mixed up all the brain cells or if they've got a dish of human and a dish of uh, mouse brains. <laughs> Must have had them separate, I'm sure. They've, they've put them in a dish, they've connected them to paddle controls and ensured that feedback was given to the cells if the paddle in Pong hits the ball or if the ball hits the paddle. The brain cell activity was monitored and they found that there were clear spikes as the paddle moved. So as they chose to move the paddle, the purpose of the experiment apparently was to show that neurons could adapt actively to a changing environment in a goal oriented way in real time. So you've got a Petri dish of brain cells. It can play 1972's Atari Pong, um, which is quite timely actually, because at the arcade museum that we're building here, just today as we speak an original atari pong is arriving and it is in factory mint condition it, it, it is a thing of beauty so i'm looking forward to um seeing that when alex shows it off um so yeah i, I mean if, if a petri dish of brain cells can play pong i might have a fighting chance of playing it myself when uh when it arrives maybe a few brain cells maybe with the few <laughs> few brain cells that i've got remaining see i can i can put myself down as much as you chris don't worry <laughs> Now I used a word when describing this setup, and that word was "chose." The brain cells chose to move the paddles, um, and it also uh, said in a goal-oriented way is how they described it. Now, it doesn't really explain how it knows what the goal is, or whether it's rewarded in some way. Does it sort of tickle the brain cells in a nice way to make them happy, or or what? I don't know what would motivate them to move the paddle for the to, to hit the ball. I don't know. Um, I don't know why it would make that decision. But, of course, these words all raise ethical questions. At what point does a brain cell or a group of brain cells develop consciousness? When does it become sentient? Uh, Should we ever reach that point in a lab, for example? All a bit heavy for our first story, but I don't think we can really talk about this story without mentioning that. Um, The writer of the scientific paper, Brett Kagan, said to CNN, the technology could be used for better drug discovery, disease modelling and understanding how intelligence arises, which in turn could be used to develop new algorithms for machine learning. I understand the goal. But Dave, let's go to you first. Does it all leave you feeling a little bit uncomfortable?
2: No, and I for one welcome our new mouse brain <laughs> overlords. And I'd like to remind them as a trusted twer personality, I can be helpful in rounding up others to toil in their underground cheese caves. <laughs> which is right, a we Simpsons see you reference. You firmly taking sides, yeah. And we. <laughs> in case anyone thinks I'm mad, <laughs> I am mad, but yeah. Um, I'm actually far more worried about AI than I am about cyborg mice. So perhaps this will lend to better development, or worse development, if you want to put that, of Skynet AI, um, than I am worried about cyborg mice, uh, which actually sounds like something you see Clint LGR talking about. This is a cyborg mice. Um, (laughs) But yeah, so I'm I'm not too worried about this. I'm more worried about AI. I think AI is quite scary. Well, none of us
0: are uh, brain experts, or you know, rocket surgeons, or AI experts, or anything like that. But um, I find it hard to separate the two. To separate AI from, you know, a, a dish of brain cells that might be motivated to do something because they've uh, they've not necessarily been programmed to do that thing. They're just working uh, towards a reward and making the connections and finding a way that they can to do that. Surely. I don't know. I'm not going to go any deeper than that because I'm already out of my depth on how this all works. But just to say, I do find it difficult to separate the two. And surely the two technologies will probably go hand in hand. Um, You know, hand in uh, hand, (laughs) hand in paw. who knows? Who knows? Um, Yeah, because uh, you're already seeing artificial intelligence do things like play video games and work out the best route through a video game just through trial and error. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they often come up with a solution that is not even understood by the programmers how they got to that solution. Uh, it's very much a black box and I can imagine these technologies being very much like that. But at the same time, what is the measure for sentience and consciousness? How do you know at what point it's tipped over? I don't know. Chris. Chris, are you I'm scared? answer that Chris oh, yeah, what is sure. what is consciousness Chris <laughs> I don't know I haven't achieved it yet <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. A, I mean we've, we've got a dish of brain cells that are playing Pong um, have you played Pong oh that's it <laughs> <laughs> oh sorry Chris right. oh he's gone he's gone he's left the On room my story then <laughs>
2: Um, oh dear.
0: Is he away to? Oh, oh he's, he's back. back! He's back! He's back! He's back! He couldn't keep away. He's just—he's just been out and played pong. <laughs> there you go, Chris well, uh, plugs back in. Trying uh, to—is earphones in there we go so chris I, I, you just left the room to, to play pong how was it <laughs> actually there was it was even though i would planned to do that there was genuinely
1: somebody at the front door so that actually worked out quite well so thanks for that uh of course i've played pong my goodness or maybe it was a clone of pong maybe it was both i don't know it was a long time ago but yeah of course i've played pong um but yeah this story Actually, um, I was actually discussing this with my brother um, on a call yesterday, and we were talking about exactly this. He's convinced that, because he'd read the same news story, he's convinced that this will lead to Terminator and the rise of the cyborgs and taking over the planet. Absolutely. But like you were talking about there, Neil, I think you do you, ha- you have to think about these two things hand in hand in terms of AI and um, the, the, the stuff that they're doing with brain cells, because potentially that the two will merge Let's not forget the human brain still has infinitely more capacity than you know the most powerful supercomputer on the planet. So, uh, and 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 more storage capacity and and faster uh, faster processing um, than you know all human brains. Circuits not all humans everyone things. no no Great. <laughs> as I'm demonstrating now um so yeah I think the scary the scary future potentially is where you have the AI algorithms but being run through synthetically grown brain cells let's not even discuss where that could possibly go um so now what this story also reminds me of is um the the rise of the rats uh, you know the story that we had not long ago of um rats being taught how to play doom True. exactly the same method, basically, you know, um, reward uh, for, for their actions. Um,
0: and yeah, the, so it's that's, interesting, isn't it? Because when yeah. you think of the rat, you, you think, oh, there's a fuzzy little rat and it's playing Doom because it knows it'll get a bit of cheese if it does the right thing. Yeah. As soon as you remove the fuzzy cuteness and its brain is just in a Petri dish, it just becomes scary for me. <laughs> yeah, I don't know yes, why. Well,
1: funny that, isn't
0: it? <laughs> a
1: bodiless brain, I can't think why that's
0: scary. And we're with rats, we're
1: teaching them. If we're teaching them how to play Doom, we're teaching them how to just run around with a shotgun. I'm not sure this is a good way
2: to go. <laughs> uh.
1: <laughs> but anyway, yeah, that's what it reminds me of. Um, but my question to all these things is, you know, they go, yeah, the rat's playing Doom, or yeah, the brain cell is playing Pong. And the question I always have in the back of my head, because I'm a cynic, is, but is it really?
2: <laughs> you know, it kind, it, yeah, it kind of isn't it. I mean, it's kind of like, how can we reduce this down to if it does, if it goes left or right, we give it a positive thing. If it does that, we give it a negative thing. It's, it's yeah. you're kind of kind of uh, distilling it down to something that's may, maybe not. But yeah, fundamentally though, they're responding to the same thing. Mean, we, we're playing, Doom, we get a little bit of enjoyment from completing it. So that I guess it's it's kind of. Yeah is, well, well. <laughs> is, it, yeah, is serotonin. Sleep people. Sleep well. Yeah, is
0: serotonin is, produced as a reward? Does it, yeah. does it get happy? I guess that all wraps up in consciousness and sentience. But I think it was Ashens I saw on Twitter this week put out a tweet about this story that just said for these brain cells, Pong is its entire universe. This is everything that they know. This is That's this is their enough. world. Uh, you know, there's that. two paddles and that one ball. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be happy with wow. That. Is is oh, is it is it is it that
1: they're playing porn, though, or is this a case of a monkey writing a novel? You know, bashing a keyboard enough times to actually well, produce yes. a story. Is that what's no, happening here.
0: It is from the results that they've got. It is hitting the ball. You know, far more times than you would if it was just a random sequence of events. It Fair is enough. Yeah, trying to do that. And again, there's another word: trying. It's it's. It's not trying. It's not conscious. It doesn't know what it's trying, or does it? I don't know. I don't know. But of course, it's not the only brain technology out there. You've got Elon Musk's Neuralink. Um, the aim of that is to create a Bluetooth interface with your brain, uh, which is something I'm a lot more comfortable with because, you know, you are the you are the sentience. You are the center of the
2: setup, Dave. Bluetooth is ridiculously unreliable. Am I going to wake up one day and <laughs> nothing's going to work? I mean, Bluetooth devices one day will just stop connecting. You have to forget them and repair them. Is that what we've got to look
0: forward to? you have to hold down your nose to put yourself back into pairing mode but um <laughs> <laughs> or what's that scene in um what's the arnie film total recall when he pulls the thing out of his nose oh, anyway yeah. um yeah so with neuralink you know but you are choosing what you add to your brain what what control you add um, or at least i hope you are so you know i'd i'd, I'd quite happily attach some additional storage to my brain I'd be fine with that. Or, what if you could stream your music via Bluetooth into your brain, so you don't have to use headphones, you don't annoy anyone else, you just hear the music in your brain? That could be quite nice. Um, you, you guys are not really nodding along to this. A heads-up display mm. through your brain onto your eyeballs? No. I'm, I'm, I, I no.
2: Go on, Dave. No, I am. I, um, I, I'm talking about this uh, list. Sitting, sitting, reading books, listening to records and cds to disconnect from all this if we had um if we had some kind of heads-up display it's going to be paid by advertising it's going to be paid mm-hmm. by selling our data to other people it's we're not going to be the customer we're going to be the product so i count me out
0: yeah okay fair comment
1: chris yeah. for me I, i'm i'm a m- more apprehensive about this fully enough than these bodiless mice playing pong um because i can't even control when my phone gets updates let alone my brain so you know if the control really is taken away from us the consumer and that's all we will be then i think that's a very scary future but on the flip side it kind of does already exist to a point in things like cochlear implants so i i um had a person i worked with who went profoundly deaf through catching a virus would you believe uh, and she ended up with a cochlear implant which is a step beyond the normal hearing aid from the way I understand it. It's more sort of sending the signals directly in. Um, and she describes it like having a superpower because this thing is literally paired with her phone. And so she says when she has a phone call come in, she's got a much clearer audio signal into her brain than she ever would have had through her ears. And, and she finds it amazing. So mm-hmm. to, a, to a point, it you know, we're starting to get there already, but I, I don't want it. No. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, there need to be standards set for these things, don't they? I mean, we haven't even got standards set for smart meters for electrical meters just yet. Um, So let alone uh, for things to go into our brains. But it's a long way off being mainstream, and I'm, I'm excited to see um, what leaps in understanding it brings to the way computers are designed and used and um, not just computers, any any electronic device really. Um, so we'll see where it goes if we live long enough to see where it goes but it certainly raises some interesting questions. One last question for you guys before we wrap this story up. I think I already know the answer. If you could donate your brain to science when you when you finally pass on uh, and they might use it for computer
2: computer development, would you do it? i have no problem with it yeah go ahead i don't they, care once yeah. i'm dead they can use my body for any kind of research they like or they can make sausages out of it <laughs>
1: they could they can have mine but i'm not sure what they're gonna get out of it to be honest
0: <laughs> oh there is always the um the this uh, one's all smooth uh, there's always the risk dave though that you know your brain forevermore might just be is it odin odin sits down and sings a song That might just uh, Thorin. Thorin, Uh, Thorin, yes. You might just uh. be your brain might just be used
2: for a mud to run this sort of RPG. I (laughs) have got a slight hope that if if I volunteer my brain to to be used for that, then I die and then wake up a few moments later and be like, oh, I'm back again. Yeah, that that would be the ideal scenario, wouldn't it? I'm back. Yeah, and I'm trapped in this metal shell, yeah. (laughs) Ow, ow, I need to play Pong, ow. <laughs>
0: Trapped inside Krang's stomach as he walks around. Yeah. Oh We've got off on a tangent. We have. That's brain cells. Let's move on to the next story. Hello guys. Hiya. Hi, Chris. No, no, no. <laughs> this is a
1: terrible joke.
2: <laughs> not oh, hello, let's try again.
1: Not hello. Halo. Hello. Oh, Halo. Hello. Hello talking about halo oh, hello. Oh, right. dear. okay sorry we'll try again. Yeah, so what, what about halo <laughs> i know that's <laughs> it we're rolling with this day that's yeah, all good oh, great uh, what about halo were you guys into halo back in the day dad jokes are over <laughs>
0: um yeah yeah um i was hugely into halo um it's the game that really convinced me the xbox was worth trying out my flatmate at the time went out and bought this xbox it was a monster it turned up and it's like that's not a console that's just a PC look at the size of it look at the noise it makes when you turn it on and the heat it kicks out the back of it um and then he fired up halo and took a little while to get used to the controls it's a bit of a weird one to control especially when you're driving around in the um the, what's the what's the buggy the warg buggy um but it makes sense when you get used to it and it's probably thinking back it's probably the last period of proper couch co-op and couch gaming that i enjoyed um after that it was all online wasn't it
1: yeah it did go that way yeah
0: yeah yeah but good memories yeah dave
2: i have never played heel
0: wow really
1: (laughs) what are you scratching your head with there Oh, sorry. That so, might just be my Halo sword. Yeah, Halo energy sword. Oh wow! Right, so um,
0: Chris has got then, a full size. <laughs> now show show us that again. Chris has got a full size uh, Halo sword, double blades. Yes. Is that Why, useful for
1: barbecue? If if somebody came into my house and was burgling and threatening me. This is to be the last we'll thing i pick you. up because you stab yourself. She's <laughs> got, look at these. It's the worst <laughs> weapon design ever. Uh, there's these spikes just past the handle that just digs straight into your wrists if you wiggle it one way or the other, just a couple of uh, degrees. It's crazy. Oh, nice. yeah, That's think, cool. That was a gift from my thing. even legal? No. Uh, Chris yes, is holding it's just a display sword. Yeah, it's just a, a
2: display. For for, for for listeners not viewers, Chris is holding some kind of uh exotic weapon with two <laughs> spikes on it and a handle that looks like um
0: a gigantic yeah.
2: staple remover. Yes, that's it. <laughs> yeah, is it is yeah, that, that rainbow a, pattern there in person? And- yeah, yeah, it is. So it's sort
1: of got, on the metal, it's got sort of a rainbow colouring. There's a name for that. I forget what it is, but yeah. It's a gift from my boys. They went to Comic-Con or one of those Supernova or something and came back with so can So uh, can, can we take from this that you like Halo? I do quite like Halo. Have you yes, played it? Or I, no. <laughs> No, (laughs) yes, of course. Oh dear, do I need to storm out again? No, we've done that gag. Uh, But no, yeah, funnily enough, when when I first saw, because obviously Halo came out before I left the UK, and moved to Australia, but I didn't buy it because every time I watched somebody playing Halo in a shop, and predominantly it was game that I'm seeing these memories in, it was always in third-person mode because they were just hooning about in the Warthog on the beach. Um, and so when you're in a vehicle, it goes third-person, and I preferred first-person shooters. So I dismissed it until I learned that actually for the most of the game, it is a first-person shooter. So when we moved to Australia, the first console I bought was the original Xbox with the Halo pack, and I justified it to the wife. Give it in why we've just emigrated to a different country. It's not a cheap thing to do. And I said, no, we, could, we can use it to play music CDs. <laughs> That was my justification.
2: Not even joking. Yeah, because a CD player in 2002, a CD (laughs) player is so difficult to get.
0: That's right. And you could just buy an um,
2: Xbox. You
0: could watch DVDs on it, couldn't you? But you had to buy the DVD pack and remote. Is that right, or did it just play Uh, DVDs out of the box?
1: No, you could do it. Yeah, you could do it with the normal controller, not very comfortably. Or you had to buy, you had to get the remote. Yeah, with the which, in fact, we had because it had the IR sense. You were plugged into one of the joystick ports. Uh, joy pad mm-hmm. sorry so that's how we did it but yeah great memories of playing halo uh particularly um my wife's nephews obviously live over here so we would have late nights with them uh, way too late for their they were about 10 years old and we we're saying quick stay up let's play some more halo and feeding them m&ms and keeping them up till about 10 11 o'clock at night <laughs> playing halo i'd sent my own kids to bed and, and kept them up to play halo because they were that bit older and i did get to play uh, a for a, a LAN party game of Halo. So 16 players, four Xboxes. I'll tell you more about that later because I want to get into the, the story. We, I think we've sort of... Yeah, why are we talking about enough. Halo? Yeah, why are we talking about Halo? It's actually, it's a oh. very emotional piece. <laughs> Just as I get into the emotion of the story, Dave chimes in, right. <laughs> it's a very emotional piece, Dave. So it's shared on the subreddit by Doctor Local about a guy called uh, Greg Felman and his quest to essentially go back in time to get the same feels of those original days of playing Halo in 2001. Um, and he relates it to playing a 16 player link up uh, LAN game, uh, like I just mentioned as well. And just it was a, allegedly a sleepless night of just staying up gaming with all four Xboxes linked up and keeping themselves awake by drinking Mountain Dew, a, a kind of story we can, most of us gamers can relate to. It's a very short story and it's incredibly nostalgic. And at the end, it is, I'm not joking, it is quite emotional. Uh, so we're going to get quite personal here, actually, with how I handball over to you guys. Neil, is there a game that you play, and when you play it, you, you essentially have a lust to turn back the clock? You know, it's, no, it's not for the game, but it's for the emotional attachment to the time that you played it in, maybe the place or the people that you played it with.
0: Mm, oh, so many memories like that. Um, I should point out that the piece that prompted this story, it is a parody, please piece isn't it i mean there's there's a serious question behind it but it is like like the onion or somewhere like that it's it's a parody story that we can all
2: relate to it, 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 it is parody but at the same time it's coming from a real place Yeah, as all the best comedy does. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, lots of of memories, some of which
0: I've spoken about in the show before. For example, the Formula One Grand Prix hot seat races we used to have when we'd pal as many friends as possible into the bedroom and we'd all take turns to to sit in the hot seat and race. Uh, Mario Kart four-player sessions during the college days. We'd always go to Jamie's house because his mum was at work and we'd uh, get the four-player racing going. Uh, Rainbow Six... That was you know the very first Rainbow Six. I haven't touched a Rainbow Six in years, um, not for any particular reason. Just I, I had my fill back then. We went full clan mode on Rainbow Six. I mean, we we um, four other clans on a fifty-six k dial up modem. We had a whole website dedicated to our clan, which discussed things like the tactics of clearing stairwells oh. <laughs> as a team and things like that. Nice. It was mad. Um, Ultra Online, just the feeling of vastness in my first you know, proper MMO um, while well, neglecting all personal development at work because of my obsession with it. Um, or even Pac-Man, Pac-Man Arcade. Um, I have memories of a, a Pac-Man where the coin box was so full of coins that it was holding down the credit button in the coin <laughs> mech and we had unlimited credits. And this was on holiday. So All of the kids in the holiday resort all came around this table and we bonded over our secret free arcade and tried to keep the staff away from it for as long as possible without them noticing. Um, And I guess, uh, no, none of us got anywhere near a perfect score. (laughs) But, um, you know, the common thread through all of these is that, you know, community, playing it with other people, being with friends, whether it's couch co op or MMOs or, you know, sitting around Pac Man um, in a hotel, just yeah, I think the strongest memories do connect with friends and community and people, don't they? But um, mm-hmm. yeah, Halo in particular, as I described, flat share with a friend. Um, early, I guess, early 20s at the time when that came out, mid to, mid to early 20s. Yeah. And um, I guess that came also at a time of, Uh, I guess, freedom in my own life, you know, first or second jobs, having some disposable income to actually buy an Xbox and Xbox games, Um, choosing to spend my time rather than going and spending my hard-earned wages in town or whatever. Do you know what? I'm going to sit in my pants with my feet up on a Saturday like an adult and play Halo because I can. Um, (laughs) Hello, Dave. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, good memories of all those things. Anyway, uh, yeah, back to you, Chris, back on the story. Nice. Well, no,
1: I'll, I'll go back to uh, my four, My experience of playing Halo with four Xboxes linked up, <laughs> you guys. Um, and this is this is quite. I, I think it's quite a funny story. So I'd been like like everybody does. i have been cleaning my swimming pool, um, and suddenly I got bitten by a redback in my thong.
2: Good, you deserved it. <laughs>
0: These yeah, are not th- the, Hang on, but are you? Is this Australian thong? Yes. Yeah, So I should yeah. probably
2: clarify. This is
1: an Australian thong. So, like a flip flop, I think a, we would call them in England. A flip flop. A flip flop. Yes. What, what do they call them in America, Shire? Sliders. They, sliders, is it? Sliders. Yeah. Okay. Last so time I went
0: to Belfast, my cousins were calling them sliders. So they've taken on that. Well, that
1: uh, makes terminology. sense. Oh, there's a strong um, Irish Yeah. I mean,
2: well, flip flops a terrible name. It's a well, a ter- it. Ter- but it describes it. It's
1: flip-flop an onomatopoeia. <laughs> <laughs> we should flip-flop discuss flip-flop. this. Stuff this story. We're gonna talk about what no, these are called. But anyway, um, well, no, the reason yeah, why I'm bring that up is um, there was a spider in my thong or flip flop, bit me on the foot. <laughs> so I
0: go go on, Neil, sorry. I was just gonna say my friend's got two left feet. He wears flip flips. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Oh dear,
1: yeah, we've fallen off the road. Tell you about my one. other friend, if you like. Anyway, what was, I was the red bitten- thing?
2: The red thing you're talking about? <laughs> I was bitten on the foot
1: whilst playing my pool by a redback spider. Now that sounds scary, but to anybody that hasn't lived in Australia, everybody, anybody that has lived in Australia is going, yes, yeah, so what? But anyway, so redback spider. It was a male one, so it's not as bad as the. But I didn't know this, so we kept an eye on it, and then I thought, no, nah, I better go to the hospital just to case. How did you know it was male? Did you lift it up and check? Yes, I did. No, they're smaller. Um, a lot smaller. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, went to the hospital, they said, yep, that's definitely a red back. Cause obviously I took this spider with me. Um, and, uh, so they just kept me in for observation. Uh, worst pain I've ever had inside. It's like a rock. It felt like I had a rock inside my foot about this, you know, about uh, two inches, um, for about two weeks, this pain lasted, but the whole time I'm in hospital, I'm looking at the nurse saying, when can I go home? Cause I've got this party to go to. <laughs> And the reason why I was so keen to get to this party was because I knew that we were linking up four Xboxes to play 16-player Halo, and we'd never had that opportunity to do it so that was fantastic as a mate phil's uh, birthday so it was a really good time doing that so that's a good memory related to that but also i mean we just went on from from the original xbox the xbox 360 i would have literally weekly catch-ups with some mates where we'd get at least two xbox 360s link them up and have two v2 um so we'd do it in, in teams of two and we just do that week after week after week and in fact there's There's things like if if I'm playing any first-person shooter and somebody drops a grenade just before they die, to me and my group of friends, that's called doing a rick. (laughs) You know, you get these terms related to events happening in a game, and so even you move forward into playing things like Call of Duty: Modern Warfare, where that's actually a perk of one of the classes called martyrdom. Not in my house, that's still
2: called doing a rick, Dave. What is it called? What is what what does it mean when you do a Chris? means you haven't played the game
1: (laughs) yeah but no if we're talking about strong emotional attachments and these these are going to be weird games to bring up to to games but not because of the games but because of the people i would have to i'd have to go back to street fighter 2 and home alone on the amiga 500 terrible terrible ports well home alone was a terrible game anyway street fighter 2 good game bad port but when I think about those two on the Amiga specifically, it's not about the games. It's about spending time with my nephew Sammy um, at Christmas and New Year, uh, knowing the rest of the families downstairs, some of the, the family that have sadly passed away now, um, some before their time, but just really strong emotional memories attached to those those titles. Yeah. What about yourself, Dave?
2: I started my my. my- Whole computer games was in the arcades watching people play and also my mate, my mate williams house who had a bbc micro before i had a computer and then when i had the amstrad he got an st before i got my st and i watched him play dungeon master um so I, I i like a bit of that and then there's two player where you you take turnabouts but i remember more than anything playing lemmings up at john lambs uh where um, we both or were playing against each other. Two player Lebbings is, is brutal. It's great fun. Um, I did bring up the PC to play uh, Doom and to play X Wing versus TIE Fighter, I think. We played on, on the two PCs network together. Um, we only did it once, so it was a bit of a big hassle to do it. And I mostly did things online. So I played my first MUD in, in, uh, in school um i think 1989 I, I played it on the bbc connecting to the i can't remember how it was connected to the internet i played a mud there briefly but then when i got um when i got uh internet at home i played muds for years and years and years sleepless nights jurist Discworld, and many others um really hooked in them and of course you're playing those with other people uh, and you're seeing your people you've talked to before. You make friendships. You you join up in teams. You form clans or guilds. It takes up 12, 16 hours a day. Really soaks up your life. Um, and then Eve Online, I did the same with Eve Online, which is basically a graphical mud. I mean, it's just the same idea, but it's MMO it is a is a mud with graphics. Eve Online ridiculous um so much time sucked into that big fleet battles telling dozens of other people what to do arranging things so much time so many sleep patterns gone losing sleep and like neil your personal development just falls away completely um i've i've resisted the any i won't play an online game like that ever again because i know what would happen it would take everything away from me
0: Exactly the same. Exactly the same. I, you know, after knowing what Ultima Online took from me in in the way of time, I mean, it gave a lot to me in the way of enjoyment. Yeah. But yeah. I have, for example, never touched World of Warcraft because I yeah. don't want to. Same. Don't want to same. go down
2: that hole again. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I, if I do it, I'll lose. I'll lose my house. I, I, I'll, <laughs> I'll end up losing my job and everything. Um, so I think that the key thing with the Muds and Eve is 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 the immersion. Um, and you can immerse yourself, immerse yourself so much that your real life doesn't matter. Your real life falls behind. So the solution to that is not to sort your real life on. It's stop thinking about it and start thinking about these this fleet battle, uh, which, of course, is the, brings me back to a Red Dwarf reference, a Red Dwarf reference better than reality. Mm-hmm. I know I like a Red with... Dwarf reference.
0: I, yeah. I would say also that um, we when we were really into things like Ultima Online and MUDS, you don't even factor in pay per play or um paying for add-ons or nfts or any of that stuff yeah. uh, I mean it must be ramped up to the max now in terms of how addicted and how disruptive it can become to your own personal life and finances if you do get sucked in
2: they've they've learned they've learned how to I mean if you look at mobile gaming it's a whole exercise in how to get money out of people mm. very cynical mm. so if they, they apply that to online games that way then i, I i'd imagine People just go in there and get everything everything taken from them.
1: I've never been sucked into that that kind of thing, but I guess the closest I got was Fortnite. But of course, you can play that without spending anything, but you've got these weekly targets to hit if you want to get your, your season packs or whatever it was. Um, so that that it became a chore. So it became work outside of work. But I was amazed that Fortnite was profitable because I thought, who's going to be stupid enough to only pay for cosmetics? There's literally no gaming advantage to putting money into it. But look at where they are now. So yeah, yeah, anyway. But yeah, back back to the story. Uh I don't want to spoil it. You know, it's on Babylon.com. Um and I do want to send the traffic Babylon there B. and B. It's, it's sorry, Babylon B, sorry, yep.com. Yeah, um I want to send the traffic there. It's a very short read, so do have a look. It's about Greg, thinking back to those times and wondering what became of the other 15 players, in particular a friend called Steve, who apparently kept blowing himself up with a rocket launcher and wondering <laughs> where Steve is now. Uh, many of us in this ho- hobby uh, are in this hobby uh, in a way to do exactly what greg is doing to sort of try and turn back time um, to those those days gone by so do have a look uh, it's a it's a good reminder of uh, to all of us basically to make the most of every day i think
2: So this one's about uh, tiny 486s and Pentium area PCs using new components. Now, I love DOS gaming, and so should you. All three of us love DOS gaming. Um, It doesn't quite get the same same coverage that Amiga and other games, other platforms tend to, but it should. Um, There's a couple of really clever projects that bring real hardware into a small form factor using modern equipment and evan b thompson has submitted a video on one Uh, it's a very small video um, and it's a very small pc Uh, it's about the size of a raspberry pi and in fact that's what he compares it to it's built around a module called an som 128 ex from 86 duino and 86 is the clue there it's like Other little system and a chip style things like a Raspberry Pi, for example. Um, But the key difference here um, is that it's built on an IBM compatible x86 architecture. So it has a 300 megahertz CPU, 128 megabytes of memory, and that the project uh, has created a board where he's added a crystal sound card. So you can get Sound Blaster and AdLib and FM, as well as a MIDI interface. And he's actually put a header on there and connected a Pi-02 running bare metal um, emulation of an MT32 and general MIDI. So this is the the. the the,
0: the, the, the pi mt32 yeah not yeah mt32 project.
2: pi project mm-hmm. from dale uh dope um so it's, it's got there and he's got a generic dac on the board to route it back in so you end up with um uh, a video card uh isa um sound card and the pc and he's put it in a nice 3D printed case. So it's it's a fairly finished project for himself. He's not doing it commercially. But it's a fairly, fairly finished project for himself. It's a few months old, actually, and it didn't get much notice. But um, one of our viewers um, actually has a channel, The, the Rastery, and has, he's got an incredibly popular video that's just come out using the same board in another project. Um, I'd actually watched uh, this video before I saw the other one and uh I, that is the right way to do it i think watch the rasteries video before you watch the one that's been linked because the one that's been linked is a bit f- more further along the line than the rasteries one um his video is into into a lot more depth though and it shows him working with a breadboard and he talks about a super important thing for dos gaming uh and he goes into detail to explain it and it's about um sound and we've we've it's come up again and again on this podcast. The sound is the one thing that was cut off when we went to kind of Windows 98 and Windows 90, 95 and so on. We cut off the, the the access to the ISA sound card. It stopped and we stopped having it on boards. So he goes into a, a great deal of effort to get the ISA bus exposed from this little, this little board so that he can then put a sound card on it. Um, and he ends up with um, an ISA sound card working. Now, these aren't commercial um these aren't commercial things you can't quite go out and buy them but perhaps they will get that way um they aren't quite totally perfect the first video the one that's linked isn't totally perfect because you still need to have a soft mpu to do um, intelligent mode games for sound but you can do that, and it, it would get you it would get you I don't know ninety nine percent of the games you'd want to play. So things like Doom, Quake, Tie Fighter, Descent, Blood, all those kind of things, especially the more demanding DOS games, um, would be perfect in this. Now, Chris, you've got your your, your fantastic three eight six DX setup uh, with the the knock on wood reset button, <laughs> um, which I'm sure you'll fix. That it's got to be a dry joint. I'm sure you'll fix it. And something like this would sit nicely um on top of that running the more demanding dos games do you fancy a little pc like this
1: well, for the more demanding games, I've I've actually also got um thanks to a mate, Matt, um an IBM Aptiva Windows 98 rig running an AMD K62 450 um wow. and uh, that's got a Voodoo 3 in it, which was kindly donated by Rich. He didn't even tell me he was wow. sending it over to me, so that was wow. that was fantastic. So, I do have that rig as well, but I do really like the concept of of stuff like this. Um many PCs from the, you know, the um 92, 93 year or even a bit later into the 90s suffer from the same things the Amigas, some of the later Amigas suffer from, which is the bad caps. So I think, you know, going forward, we're going to have to embrace these sort of replacement solutions uh, that that are made 100% out of new components and that way become infinitely more available in my view. Um, And if they're in a small form factor, all the better because, you know, it doesn't really take up room and they're easier to justify. Yeah, that's my take on it.
2: Yeah, um, this isn't 100% new components because the sound card components, there's, oh, yeah, there's not. we don't have FPGA sound cards yet, mm-hmm. I think. I think we fast forward a few years, two, three, four, five years' time, we will have FPGA sound cards. So we'll, we'll probably, we might, I don't know where this is coming from, nobody's told me anything about it, we might even get FPGA voodoo cards. So you can, <sighs> you can imagine having a real system and a chip x86 proper ibm compatible real hardware and then put in your little little fpga jet get to do the voodoo and the sound card and you end up with a proper uh, device um i was thinking about this uh, excuse me johnny's attacking something here johnny give it a rest oh no johnny stop it um i don't know what he's attacking but the screen's jumping up and down sorry neil Um, We
0: had a story quite some time back um, where John and I discussed a FPGA-based video card. Now, I haven't heard anything more about that, and it's highly likely because of the supply issues with FPGA chips. But that was a great example. They were aiming to do, I think, was it a video card or was it a sound card? I can't remember now. But the discussion we had was, it's brilliant that this will go in a PCI slot or an ISA slot and yes it would do the thing they want it to do but then a different core could be put on it and you could have one fpga uh video card that could be a voodoo banshee for example or an ati card or you know cirrus logic card cirrus logic daytona whatever it is that you want um you could just switch it up but because of the supply chain issues with FPGAs, a lot of these projects are on ice and i think when that's resolved they're all going to come shooting out of the
2: traps aren't they yeah so at the moment, um, you can have, as Chris mentioned, you can have a... They're not actually expensive to get Um, the kind of E that, that Chris is talking about. You can have that, but it's difficult to maintain. It's bulky. You've got a mister, which mister is the FPEG project at the moment, That the, the one everybody's kind of uh, circling around. And that can do a 486 core, but not not anything like as fast as this. So that can't fill the gap. So this would allow you to do this. This with perhaps an FPGA sound card, an FPGA um, voodoo card, would allow you to do as accurate as Mr., maybe even more accurate because it's real x86, um, it, as close as you can get there. Um, certainly closer. Than DOSBox or emulation, uh, maybe as a complement to FPGA. So, Neil, what do you think about it?
0: Well, I think the key question here when you're comparing it to some of the alternatives, alternative alternatives that you've mentioned, be it DOSBox on a Pi or FPGA or whatever else, is how much does it cost? Do, do we know?
2: it's not it's not a project you can buy um you can you can buy the little little board and i haven't looked up what the price of it is right i don't i've got it in my head this won't be too expensive sure sure yeah um well yeah i I mean
0: i like it and and this thing is running a true x86 compatible cpu isn't it it's not emulating the cpu in any way um you've got for example, sandblaster audio, you can get out of it. Then for me, that, that's all you need for a perfect setup for a particular era of DOS gaming. Um, the next step on from that, I mean, we're talking about 300 megahertz, I guess, uh, would it be a Pentium equivalent? Does it have the Pentium instruction set in there or is it just a very yeah, it fast? It does have the Pentium. Yeah, yeah, it does. So, so it,
2: it, it's going to be, you're maybe looking at this as a Pentium too. Yeah. Hmm. So it it's called the MMX stuff in there
0: and everything. Yeah. So, um, you know, just drawing short of chucking a 3DFX card in there for that pre-3DFX era, it's it's perfect. I think as so long as you set your expectations for what era it will cover, then it sounds like the perfect little setup. Um, you could even drop one of these into a broken PC case. Chris's behind yes. him, for example, if it started yeah. giving him too much chip, if it became, you know, irreparable. Put one of these in and you, you're genuinely not going to notice the difference. Mm. You're really not. Um, so I like the idea of it. Can you hook a hard drive up to it, or yes. just put an? SD- yeah, okay, okay. I saw a device this week over on the channel Route Forty Two. Um, I'll ask Duncan to put a link to it in the in the show notes. This is a little device that just clicks when a hard drive is accessed. So if you're recreating an old pc with an ssd or a compact flash card. every time it's accessed it's just a little clicker inside so it just sounds like the hard drives uh, uh, traditional hard drives working away inside the case um so you know combine it with that and it's a lovely setup um pre-orders i just saw this morning have gone up for that clicker to to see what the demand is and get them produced so i might have to put myself down for one we'll see um yeah yeah, so dave where can i get
2: one um, you can't get one yet, but although if, if you put out an appeal, I'm sure someone would just because it's you. Uh, so don't do that, Neil. Um, I uh, I want to pick up on something you said there, which is a little clicker and talking about dropping it into um existing builds. I'm surrounded. I've got a room full of old computers that will in my lifetime all degrade and fail and it may not be possible to fix everything there was. So I'm well aware, and we probably touched on it before, I'm well aware that some of the the, the custom chips may need to be replaced by FPGA. Um, and we, we've seen that going with particularly the Commodore Amiga and the Commodore 64, people developing FPGA or CPLD, uh, CPLD replacements for the chips that are in there. So I think this is potentially what we'll do to an old pc chris has got one with a with presumably a dodgy power supply Um, if we can have a a little device like this that runs on five volts only five volts Mm. no power supply needed replace the power supply and the motherboard in there maybe even you end up with a breakout board and you can use actual isa or pci cards in it but for me this isn't about having a small pc this is about potentially how we replace things, FPGA sound cards, FPGA voodoo's, replacing the whole motherboard and the power supply. So that's where I think it's going. So the module isn't ready to buy. I don't know if there's plans to to buy it yet. Um, But uh, I hope this ends up opening the door to real hardware for DOS that's accessible, cheap, and reliable.
0: On now to our community question of the week. Uh, We rolled over last week's um, question really just to give you a bit more time to submit your thrifting challenge answers. So these were things that you uh, found in a charity shop, car boot sale, um, thrift shop, whatever you call it in your part of the world. And you are posting your images of your bargains. So uh, have we got anything added this week in the thread, guys? Have you seen anything?
1: Yeah. There's a yeah. couple from Bajaco, um from a charity shop uh, spotting DS games at £3 each, which is quite cool. Um, and also, what was that second one? Uh, CEX in Surrey. What did you spot in there? I just clicked on the link. and it, oh, It's just a, a general shot of all the stuff that they had in there. Lots of PlayStation Sure. What, have,
2: yep. what have you spotted there, Dave? Um, I, I'd spotted there was some new things there, but washi seven eight one nine. Says, I finally found an 8mm projector this Friday, that's the 14th of October, after looking for about two years at the local flea market and secondhand shop. It's a Fuji Kiscope M36, complete in box with manual, and he's linked a picture there which Duncan will put in um it looks it, it's a great look i thought i thing it's this this uh, uh walt disney trick-or-treat thing uh it's boxed it it, it really does look of its period hmm. he says i've collected a few eight millimeter disney movies Some i'm showing the picture over the last two years when i found them locally but this is the first time i've seen a projector initial sale price was 75 dollars which is 750 n i wonder if that's norway krona that's my guess Maybe I'm wrong. But since they couldn't see if it was really working or not, I got it for $50, 500 NOK. Yet another rabbit hole to dive into, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> There's <laughs> an infinite supply of rabbit holes to jump into. Uh, Norwegian Krone or Krone. Ah, oh, there Krone. we go. Yeah. Look, look at me, international. There, there you go. go.
0: <laughs> so thank you again for everyone for um, submitting your, your photos and your thrifting experience. Um, So now on to the other question of the week that we asked last week, which was um, all about knockoff arcade games. Uh, We were talking about clones of Pac-Man and all sorts of other games. So we asked you, can you name any knockoff arcade games that you had on your home micro or console? Um, and Duncan, I think, has added an answer in here in the notes for us where he says, I have a game called Dabells on the CPC, which was a hunchback style game. Oh, I get it. Dabels, Dabells. Um, I have it on a bought disc called Ten of the Best, which was a compilation of games from computing with Amstrad magazine. Um, I mean hunchback was um it was a budget game, wasn't it? Was it Amsoft? and um, no, it was Ocean. It might have come out on the Amsoft um, label as well, but um, yeah, I don't remember it being an expensive game. But then it was knocked off by Bells. It was an arcade game as well, it's a pretty so, arcade
2: game. Yeah, yeah. Game. Hunchback was Hunchback was Amsoft, and then Hunchback Two was Quasi Revenge. I wonder if Ocean made it for Amsoft. Um, yeah, I mean Ocean, they, did. they did. pulled it out did. on the C sixty
0: four, and they yeah. Did. Even the BBC Micro, it came out on a lot of platforms, that one. Um, so, yeah, I will start with the uh, the top answer here is from Moikoot. Um, uh, I had to Google it to find it and technically not a console. Am I on the right thing? It, yeah. Disqualified. Um, <laughs> a friend had this, the very game shown in the article. Now I'm going to have to click on it and tell you what it is that they've submitted. Um Oh, okay, so uh, they've submitted a Russian knockoff of the Game & Watch devices. Mm. Now, um, I did a tour of a, a retro road trip um, some while back on my channel um, where they had, a, the, the. I don't think it was complete, but they had a huge collection of knockoff Game & Watch devices, and this was one of them there. So not only have they knocked off Nintendo, it's um, uh, it's got Mickey Mouse in there. So it's Mickey Mouse in a hen house trying to catch the eggs. So they've also ripped off Disney. Uh, with absolutely no regard for copyright, of course. So there you go. Knock off Nintendo Game & Watch. Yeah. What's the next answer there,
2: Dave? The next one is from Beaten Tyrone, and he says, Caveman from CRL was, it says Fogger, I think he means Frogger, a a Frogger clone that I had back in the day on the Speccy, and I lost count of the number of other Hunchback, Frogger, Pac-Man ones I had. You really could not move from them and it felt owning at least one was obligatory. He's right. Mm-hmm. There's so many Pac-Man, Munch Man, uh, Stuffed Bean Elf, all the rest of it. Yeah, that was definitely the clone. And, of course, Space Invaders and Galaxian. Nice. <laughs>
1: Sounds good. Uh, the last one is from Kirst Monkey, a clone of Pac-Man called Classic Muncher, a clone of Donkey Kong called Killer Gorilla, and a clone of Mr. Do's Wild Ride called Kong Strikes Back, all on the Amstrad CPC. Um, yeah. It says, at the time I was aware of the existence of Pac-Man but may not have been aware of the existence of Donkey Kong and certainly wasn't aware of the existence of Mr. Do's Wild Ride. Um, and I really enjoyed playing all three. And he's put links to YouTube clips of all of the games in the in the comment on the subreddit. Hmm.
0: Killer Gorilla was another one that appeared on the BBC Micro.
2: So we've got a lot of these clones on the BBC Micro for some reason. Pajako um, actually comments that. Pajako talks about playing at the BBC. Oh, okay. Um, there's so many Donkey Kong clones, and they have um, they have suspicious sounding names at times, um, which we probably shouldn't read out in the show. But no. yeah. <laughs>
0: Well, thank you everyone for contributing to that question of the week. And then our question of the week for this week, head over to reddit.com forward slash r forward slash this week in retro, where you can see the question pinned and you can leave your comments. And please do the more comments, the better, even if you're not mentioned on the show, it's nice for everybody to read through them and compare notes. Um, So our question of the week this week.
2: Our question of the week this week is, what is your favorite go-to game for couch gaming?
0: Nice. With other people, not your own.
2: So, co-op, one v one, nice. Three v three, whatever it happens to be. What's your co- What's your couch? What's your couch? Retro gaming, favourite. Tell okay. us about it. So you've got your couch, you've got your television or uh, sofa.
0: Please, we're British sofa software. What's your ideal sofa software? <laughs> um, <laughs> I
2: you, call you, it a couch. I've always called you, it. A, my got, yeah, my dad calls it a settee. I don't call it a settee. <gasps> a settee. Yes. What an now old name. A name, that is. name
0: there's a name i've not yeah. heard in a long time competitive <laughs> competitive seti gaming what would you play you've got uh, as many controllers as you want on a console it's got to be a legit console we're not making up games here so uh, no and the switch what... doesn't count take your put your nintendo switch down please <laughs> are they allowed an internet connection no no okay so it's going to be local multiplayer yeah. gaming on That's your seti. what would you play <laughs> as always thank you everyone for watching and listening whether you do it in your car on your settee or in your study Um, (laughs) it's always a pleasure thank you guys and we'll see you next week take care
1: bye hello
0: This Week in Retro was presented by Neil from RMC The Cave, Chris from 005 Agima, and Dave. It was
2: produced by me, Duncan Stiles. The podcast version of the show is available for your favourite podcaster, including Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And the video version is available on the This
0: Week in Retro YouTube channel.
1: Join our community subreddit at r thisweekinretro to suggest and vote on the stories we cover on the show. If you watch This Week in Retro on YouTube please give us a like and subscribe to help
0: us reach new viewers if you enjoy our show and would like to support it then please check out the link to our patreon page in the show notes or description thank you for listening and we'll see you next time for more up-to-date news for out-of-date tech